0: racism walked up on COVID and was like girl you like you need some help one more <laughs> <Like> you thought <laughs> let me go get my bag okay what? the Lord said we're well, two or more gather and clearly <clears throat> we need to come together and cause some issues okay mm-hmm. really havoc it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the sit down. I am your host, Brinks, and today we are virtually zooming with Mia Brentley Wright. So what's up, girl? Hey girl. <laughs> Let me get y'all the tea. Okay. We've been trying to record this episode <laughs> for like the last hour. Okay. So was using one platform. Normally that platform does what it wants to, but today and legit just want to cut up so we just gonna leave we just gonna leave them where they at right now we're gonna figure that out later but like today has been the most monday's day ever like it's just doing the most but you know what we're gonna keep on going we're gonna get this episode recorded we're gonna do what we gotta do because we are trying to give content to y'all because i know i have been gone for a while i know y'all trying to figure out like where she been like what is going on like she not talking to us she didn't drop two posts that's it So, as you all know, COVID is happening, which is one reason why we're doing Zoom, because, you know, we try to get people in person as much as possible. And then not only to deal with one pandemic, but we're also dealing with systemic racism. So, there's that. Not to say that systemic racism ever went away. It's just really doing the most right now with COVID, maybe. It's just ridiculous, all. it's just ridiculous. But um, a brief introduction to Mia. I met Mia in undergrad, go blazers. And um, recently I was on Facebook, of course, like everybody, because we not really supposed to be going out like that. So I'm going to get on social media. Mm-hmm. So I got on there, and I've been scrolling. And I was like, oh, OK, this, this post looks interesting. So I started re- reading one of her blog posts. And I was like, this is really good. Like, this is really good. <laughs> And so then I wrote, I was like, would you be interested in coming on my podcast? Talk about this. (laughs) I think you're shedding light in really good areas. (laughs) But before we get into that really good blog post that she, um, that she made, I do just want to catch up with you to see how you've been doing, how you've been dealing with COVID Mm -hmm. and racism and just everything that's going on in the world. Oh, child. So, um, you know, it's so funny that you were talking about, like you know, we have this one pandemic of COVID, and then we have this other pandemic come up and be like, oh girl, just hold on one second, right? Because I was talking to my advisor. So I'm in the kind of like latter stages of getting my PhD um, in sociology. And so I'm getting ready to propose my dissertation and my dissertation uh, deals with um, basically, basically racial, how racialized violence against black children impact their mother's health. Okay. Um, So very relevant. Right. And so um, unfortunately, and so when COVID happened was around the time when I was looking to try to start collecting um, my data. And so I was like, like doing my interviews and things like that. And I was telling my advisor, like, you know, I really don't think this is going to be relevant. Like, I don't think people are going to want to Engaging this right now because people are losing their jobs, people are sick, people are losing family members. Like, no one's gonna really be thinking about this. Right. Fast forward. And I was like, oh, girl, how naive. I one moment, I'll help. <laughs> right. I was like, oh, so, you know, how naive of me to think that um, a, a, a pandemic, right, would uh, stop racism. racism is untouched it is undefeated um unfortunately right so so yeah the work is still relevant but how have i been dealing um i think one of the biggest lessons that just all of this has taught me just quarantining and everything has really been like setting boundaries in place like the importance of you know stopping taking a break like you know no social media for today um you know no phone calls no you know whatever whatever it is that yeah um, i need to do but just setting up that space for me to find some peace right. um also like therapy mm-hmm. is so important let's normalize therapy right yes. Yes. um please go yes. to a therapist find you one please all these insurance <laughs> companies have been like i went to um went to my therapist then yeah, this month this june my like, the months have literally, I don't even know, last month, I remember it was February. I don't even remember anything else, because it's just, like, what really happened? But, like, yes. my therapist, and they was like, yeah, you know, you don't have a copay this month, because, like, Blue Cross Blue Shield is covering, like, um, therapy sessions or whatever, and I was like, that's clutch, because it's needed. And she's right. like, well, oh, is everything okay? Because, you know, you normally see me, like, once or twice a month, you have, like, three appointments. I was like, look, Going on, okay? Right, right. No, it is not okay. <laughs> not okay. Like it's, it's okay to not be okay. Right. we literally like we working from home, then now we back in the office. So I'm dealing with like going back into the office, bringing my staff back into the office. How's my mom doing? Cause she's at risk. She had to go back to work. They don't care. And then. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so I'm supposed to be getting married soon. Like, how's that gonna work? Cause like, God forbid somebody come to my wedding and then get COVID. Like, how do you like, think that's just the big this is the craziest thing? And then like my family, like both of our families are older, so like it's just it's just a lot to do with. And I had to be honest, like in the beginning, I rebelled. I was like, This is not happening. I ain't wearing no mask. I ain't going nowhere, but I'm not about to be wearing these masks. <laughs> right i'm not about to be doing all this stuff and so this like now i'm like well i'm gonna get this mask because it's cute and this kind of goes with my skin tone and i can wear this one with most because like it just is what it is and it's like this is the new normal but it's a whole it's a whole new thing it's a whole new world as um Mm -hmm. because it's just it's a lot but like you said like setting up those boundaries y'all like social media is good to a certain extent. Like if you're trying to network, if you're trying to get like podcasts and different things with your business out and get people involved, great. But when like something bad is going on in the world, social media is the last place you want to be. <laughs> exactly. Like it's okay to be like, uh, oh, not today, Facebook. Not today. Right. You just have to cut it off. And that's one reason why y'all ain't really see me on Instagram. Like I'll share what everybody else is talking about, but trying to like bring a post together to get my words together, it's just difficult. Because like you said, me, I'm just like, we're tired. Like, I'm tired. tired. I'm just tired. Like, every time, like you said, you would think that racism would take a break <laughs> during a pandemic. But then you literally have 70% of the deaths in Chicago being black and brown people. And it's just like, you ain't even want to take a break But a pandemic? Like, we can't do no. <laughs> no ain't no break what are you talking about Mm -mm. yeah you thought it was good no Mm -mm. Mm -mm. No. it's still Mm -mm. bad out here in these streets right it's still not okay but um and that brings me to your blog post that you made and so go ahead and kind of give us a good um give the people a good introduction i'm saying us, like i am ready (laughs) but give the viewers and listeners a good introduction to your recent blog post yeah so i created this blog post right i wrote this blog post entitled we're all one in jesus how colorblindness tears apart the church um and so basically you know where that title comes from kind of where this um the entire preface of this um uh face or uh, this blog post lies in the scripture uh galatians 3 And starting in verse 26, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Come on, scripture. And this scripture, (laughs) girl. So, first of all, let's say the Bible never stops being relevant. Like when I read it, I'm like, okay, so nothing new under the sun, right? No, now, literally nothing. The reason I wrote this blog post is because I have literally had black men and women from I kid you not, all over this country calling me everywhere from California and emailing me from New Jersey, from, you know, you name it. Right. All Talking about how leadership in their church has utilized the scripture out of context in a way to kind of dismiss what's going on, right? So hey, we're all one in Christ, so we don't have to talk about this race stuff. we don't have to further divide like you know God doesn't see race, and it's like, oh, what Bible you be seeing <laughs> we all would be invisible, okay. <laughs> like no that's not how that works like that is not that is not how that goes and so basically what I do in the blog post at least you know what I try to do to the best of my ability is really break down one what the writer um, of that scripture was really saying so Paul is writing that letter to a church who is becoming very diverse but within that diversity they're facing sexism classism racism and so when he says this he's not saying your identity is now removed you're no longer a woman you are just you know a follower of jesus no he's saying hey all these differences that you have in society that is tearing you guys apart jesus is building a bridge right jesus is the one that's supposed to connect you guys it's not further divide right right um and and if you're following him then and we can talk about that later but like the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. should show like you're fighting racism you're fighting sexism you're fighting classism because that is what jesus did in his daily life right we can easily go to any scripture and see that so for someone to say oh you don't need you don't see color in the church it's like well you're not reading the same bible i'm reading (laughs) you know like you're not seeing the scriptures Exactly. And it's so, like, when I seen that post, I was just like, now, girl, you didn't say something. You didn't say something right here because, and I think sometimes I feel like people do this, they don't do it intentionally. And then sometimes I feel like it's intentional. Like, sometimes people will take, like, Bible scriptures or quotes and, like, they'll get the understanding. They'll be like, okay, well, let's, this, this, and this. When it's really not. And sometimes, like I said, like, it's out of intention. And then sometimes it's no intention. Mm-hmm. But with this, <laughs> it's just like, we just, that's like, that's something my mama always said. Like, you have to get, you have to know and get to know the word for yourself because yep. of situations like this. Where it's like, yeah. you can't, especially like in today's society, even back then, like as Paul was saying, you cannot sit here and say that you don't see color or you don't see difference or anything. Like, you can't say, yeah. this, look at me. As a man, and don't see that I'm a woman. Like you're gonna see that difference, even within the black community, when you have like this whole um, this whole aspect of colorism, which is a whole girl. We could talk about that for real, which is a whole other you know other thing. But then to sit in a pew and receive a message from someone who doesn't look like me. For them to be like, oh, I don't see color. You know, you're all the same in God's eyes. And it's just like, I get what you're trying to say, but you are most definitely like suppressing everything that makes me an amazing individual. And then you miss that key part, like you said, of like, okay, these are all of your differences, but I'm asking you to come here to work against your differences to better people who are dealing with sexism, who are dealing with racism, who are dealing with... um why i can't think of the word i'm trying to say but yeah yes (laughs) yes no classism who are dealing with all of these things and like you said especially like this um in your blog post it's like people are overlooking that and they're missing the whole like they're missing the whole thing why do you think or do you like do you have any insight into why you think this happens in like predominantly i say predominantly white led mega churches or churches especially in the south who have huge numbers of minorities, not just black people, but just minorities in general, that yeah. go, you know, receive, um, do praise and worship, receive the word and everything from them. Like, how do you think this happens? I think so. I think you said something earlier. I think some of it, that, you know, and I don't wanna, I'm definitely not trying to speak for people or nothing like that. I do think some of it is like, they are trying like like it's like these are i have good intentions you know it's like it's like no i don't want you to think that i'm judging you or that i see you as like only a black person like you're my brother or my sister in christ right right and it's like amen i'm also black you know and it's okay and it's okay to see that like it like i love that you should, right. like that, that you know and i think i think also if you know we're being honest it's easier too. absolutely like it's so much easier for me to say like i don't see you as a latinx person or i don't see you as an asian person like i don't see you as a black person i don't see you as a like italian but whatever you want to say right it's so much easier for me to say i don't see that right because once i start seeing it now i have to recognize all of the inequality all of the it disparities is. now i have to recognize that but as long as i don't see it so and exactly. I don't have to acknowledge any of this other stuff that's going on, right? Exactly. Like, I literally had that conversation with my dad last week. And he was like, well, why do you think... You know people aren't saying anything about racism or they're not trying to like stop system, systemic racism and i was mm-hmm. like because when there's a problem like if i drive by and i see that somebody's trunk is open if i continue to drive by the problem is still there like their trunk is still open yep. <laughs> but you go there and i'm like hey your trunk is open and i don't like try to help them close it or just like close it then i become a part of the problem like you see that mm-hmm. my trunk is open but you're not really trying to help me close it you're just gonna let me know and then keep driving off and like exactly. basically like you said, this is basically what's going on for some people i feel like you know honestly and truly maybe they just don't like they don't get it they don't see it. Yeah, for for the, sure. like the mass majority <laughs> in 2020 at this point right We don't have any sports we don't have anything to distract us at this point in 2020 it is so apparent that this is a problem. Yeah. And like, look at COVID-19 and systemic, systemic racism. Before, you know, systemic racism came to the party, you could already see the racial inequalities in the United States and how systemic yeah, racism sure. has run rampant because you have a pandemic that is supposed to be the same, you know, it's supposed to be affecting elderly people more and you seeing more elderly black people or elderly Latinx people. Like you're not seeing people who are dying from the virus. i put it that way, because some elderly white people are getting the virus for sure. But yeah. you look at those mortality rates, they are most definitely swinging to a whole nother side, showing a whole nother conversation that honestly, and this is kind of crazy, cause like I love public health. Like public health is my jam. But I feel like in public health, we've done a disservice to the community because we have always been willing to talk about socioeconomic status or where you grew up or where you live, all these different things. But we have never really been open to talking about racism. And if we have been, it's not pushed when you're in school. Like, people not talking about racism like that when you get into public health, even undergrad. And so, like, I remember doing my master's project, and they was like, you know, out of all these things that you've mentioned, like mental health and food insecurity and low SES and racism, which one do you think could tackle all the others? And I was like, racism, because (laughs) truly... In America, I probably feel like we have like more of a class, like we do, we deal with everything like other countries, like we have like a classism. So we have classism issues, but because we have never dealt with our past of racism, classism kind of gets foregone and it's more of a racist system and racism issue where Mm -hmm. you have groups of low SES, but a white person with a high school diploma and a black person with a high school diploma will have totally different playing ground when it comes to trying to survive out here Mm -hmm. like it's not the same and covid-19 showed us that before we started seeing all these police killings more of them because i won't say this happened now because like we still have you know trayvon martin tahir rice and all these other names yeah but it's like exhausting to even having to keep saying you know what i'm saying all these names and it's like people are tired like this is yes yeah and i think i and like just to add to something that you said too um because i think it is really common like for for people to want to like even the fact that someone asked you like which one of these factors do you think would trump all the others right why why do they have to mm-hmm. like we're multi-dimensional beings and so like right. my race and my gender i cannot pull them from one another and say like, oh, this happened because I was black versus mm-hmm. this happened because I was a woman. Like, like this is all part of me. This all functions together, right? And so, but I think, like, you know, humans like to dichotomize things or separate things. and So right. we don't like to think of how things interact together. Mm-hmm. And even the point that you made about, you know, a white person with a high school diploma having a different um experience than a black person with a high school diploma. Like... I, I think people can hear that and be like, well, I, you know, I grew up poor, I, you know, whatever. And and those things can absolutely be true and they can absolutely make your life hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think anyone ever wants to deny that. Absolutely. But yeah. like there is 100%, like when we think about, um, like right now, something that, you know, I hate to say it like this, but like a hot topic is like right. Black maternal health, right? Yeah. Um, and there's research out there. You can look at Pew research center. Um, you can look at all, you know, just Google Scholar is, is our friend, right? So you can, you can look at the research and see like, like black women who, um, have, have, um, advanced degrees are, um, their, their maternal mortality is higher than white women who do not have those, um, uh, uh, accelerated degrees right okay. and so a lot of like for a long time in public health especially but not exclusively mm-hmm. um you would hear people say education is the great equalizer you get education and now everybody's on the same playing yep. field it's like you see the research is not agreeing with that, right mm-hmm. exactly um, and so we have to look at all these other dimensions and does that mean that like race is more important than these other things i mean we can argue that yeah maybe it is but also like we don't even have to really think of it like that we can just be like hey clearly race is important like education is not the great equalizer so let's kind of stop telling that myth and let's address like what's really happening like you were you know like you were saying so yeah i 100 agree with that that study that you mentioned, it's crazy that you mentioned it. That study is very The study that I remember reading when I was like, okay, I don't want to go to medical school anymore. I want to be a public health practitioner. Yes. <laughs> because yes. I like, I'm a black woman. I plan to have like higher advanced degrees. I want to have good, you know, mortality health and have, um, not mortality health, but um, pregnancies and like boom, right. pregnancies healthy babies, and so watching that, um, that documentary, it's just like, wow, like, these women have PhDs, um, MPHs, MAs, MS, all of that, all type of master's degrees, and they're either having, like, stillbirths, they're not being able to have their, um, full term, they're having yeah. babies, and they literally cannot pinpoint it to anything, like you said, but race, but like you said, it's not just race, it's race and gender, it's race and um, socioeconomic status, it's race and location, all these different things that yeah. were a factor, but it was, yeah, when I said that, I was like, this is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that somebody actually took the time to do the research to see that it's not just, oh, it's just education. Everybody right. go to get a degree. And I mean, as you know, as being um, a millennial or like a nineties baby, that's what we were told. Like, go to school, yes, get your degree, you're gonna have a better life, you're gonna be able to get this house with this white picket fence. Basically, you're gonna have like a golden ticket to this American dream. Yeah. But it's like the older we get, the more we get into like sociology or public health, right. to realize that, that dream is, is a lie. Yeah. <laughs> It's a whole lie. It's not even the truth. It don't <laughs> exist. Ain't nobody. <laughs> it's not true. I ain't seen it's no picket fence. None <laughs> of that. Maybe the picket fence is all these letters that I'm getting from these student alone. <laughs> now, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's, let's talk about now, it. Now. Can we not, please, <laughs> for the people? But, <laughs> with everything going on one of my biggest things, because I remember being that person was like, okay, I'm going to help other people see my community. I'm going to be like, okay, so these are things that we experienced and this is why we're experiencing them. And these are ways we can change them. But it always felt like a lot of work as a person who's being affected by that system. Why not have someone who either benefits from the system or kind of knows how to like get them cheat codes and kind of switch the system off. Why not have, them be a part of that work so like what do you say to the whole conversation that's been in social media around okay white people they need to learn how to do this they need to understand what's going on so that they can change it because it's really on them to change all that type of stuff but like how do you feel about just being like hey this is what you can read it's been like 400 years of research go figure it out or do you feel like you know we should still kind of help them through kind of coach them through like everything that's going on yeah girl um <laughs> right. so so I want to be very clear about something because I've, I've been having this conversation a lot too because I have put myself in a position um that I chose to that I want to I put myself in a position where I've been um kind of disseminating like educational materials absolutely um to non-black people right so white people um non-black people of color like, that's been what I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. I do not believe that all Black people have to teach anyone. Right. You don't have to teach anybody. You, you don't, don't want to anything. Teach, Right. Mm-hmm. No. Um, because, and I don't say that in, like, a prideful way, but I say that in a very... Um, compassionate and also realistic way of every time a black person has to relive the racial trauma that they've experienced to teach someone Mm -hmm. that is detrimental to their mental health which we know also impacts physical health and we can think that those things um are helpful uh but to force and they are helpful but to force that on people that's just that's i would never do that right so i put myself in that position Uh, But I don't think anybody has to do that. I 100% agree with a large part of that conversation is being had of like, to end white supremacy, to, you know, to end anti-blackness, you have to have white people on board. The same way if you want to end patriarchy, you have to have men on board, right? Absolutely, yep. And so... um, so I, yeah, so that's 100% like like we need white folks to do the work, right? So we need uh, people to engage in allyship. Um, I just did a post, of, like most of my posts are, are for Christians, um, but it's not exclusively for Christians. I think non-Christians can also take things out of that for sure. Um, I just did a post about um, five ways that, there are five things um, about allyship that we can learn from Jesus, right? Like, um, I think one of the things that I hear a lot of people use is like, I'm an ally, I'm an ally. And it's kind of like, well, what are you doing, right? Um, Allyship is a verb, right? (laughs) I love it, I love it. It's work, you know? Um, And I think that can sound really um, intimidating. That can sound, you know, um, I mean, honestly, it could just sound like a lot when you say, "Hey, you gotta do the work. You gotta do the work." But that's the reality. Like, it's tiring to live it, and it's tiring. So you know what I mean it's Tiring to do the work. But exactly. like, we can both be tired. Like, I'm tired. We can be it. tired together. Exactly. <laughs> okay. True allyship. Okay. All right. I'm tired because I'm living it. You tired for trying to change it? We are gonna be tired together, and we yes. can recharge together and pour, you know, pour into our cups. And get get back on this, get back on this, because it's a lot. It's a lot. But yeah, I think, you know, I kind of feel like it's like it sounds nice when people say it on social media. Of course, it's going to get like a double tap. It's like, I'm not helping, you know, non black folks figure this out. It's been countless, you know, things of research. These are the books you can use and da 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 da. But I feel like as a black person, Who is invited to a table or you have the opportunity to create a table or you can you know share your story in a way that can help other people who don't look like you get it to make a change if you have the mental capacity if you have the strength if you know your boundaries if you have like your support group around you to where you can do that absolutely do it like you said because I've been put in those same situations where like, I'm the only one that looks, at, looks like me at the table. And I decided a long time ago, like even if I would have to shut down after and like get myself together, that I was gonna make sure that voices like mine that would never get told would still have some shed of light. Somebody yeah. would hear, you know, where they're coming from, which makes it so triggering when stuff like this happens in social media. It's just like, now, I did not told this story before. I told right, <laughs>
1: right. y'all that's
0: so true that's why is so- like why is it not being understood? like I told this story before I did this I did this with Trayvon Martin. I remember learning about Emmett Hill and telling his story and his mother's story and how she left his casket open on purpose so that people could understand and I was talking to my aunt the other day I was like, I refuse to have this type of conversation with my kids like this is like enough is enough. Like my mom remembers like her high school, it might even be that middle school being desegregated. Like she remembers that stuff. And like people are like, oh, it was so long ago. I'm like, it's not, I can literally bring this person right here and she can tell you exactly what it was like because she was alive then. So it hasn't, you know, it hasn't been that long ago in no. seeing things and like social media. So like one of the, one of the things I remember seeing on Facebook, this is when I was on there for real. Um, <laughs> is pastor Chris from church of the highlands mm. getting a lot of backlash like losing connections in the city of birmingham people not letting him you know have services there anymore or having just community ties because yeah. of likes that you have you know on facebook like even if that's not what you perpetuate that's not the energy that you give out if you liking it that's a behavior that's an attitude that's a belief system <laughs> that you double tapping yeah and so you know he is well known in alabama he has churches all across the state um he's even been said to have the biggest make you know the biggest i guess church i don't even know like system in alabama he's almost in every state and he um every city excuse me and he has a lot of black and um non-black people of color that go to his church and so people yeah. like, are you double tapping on this man's page um about you know different things that like support Trump or saying things about um uh President Obama and all these type of things and then here in Huntsville we did got on the map look at the <laughs> so, um handles ice cream it's supposed to be like one of the best ice cream that people have ever had and so back in twenty fifteen their owner was saying a bunch of stuff um saying you know the N-word this and N-word that and da 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 and I'm mm. like if this would have been, like, early 2000s, I might have would have gave him a pass. I might have would have been, like, oh, okay, but that's, like, 20 years ago. You know, the climate was different then. Like, people used to say if freely on TV. It just was what it was. But, like, 2015, sir, so that was five years ago. That was post-Obama. Like, him mm-hmm. and all the stuff with him. Um, Trevor Martin happened. All those things. You don't get a pass this time. So, mm-hmm. like, Long story short, of course, he comes with an apology, but the company is like, "Nah, you gone because you are giving us bad business." Mm-hmm. So, like, what do you say to like the Pastor Chris's and the the owner of Handles when they come out with like, you know, we find all these receipts of things that you said in the past, like wh- how you felt, no, 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 and then they come out, oh no, 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 that's not what I meant. I'm sorry. I'm gonna learn now. I get it. Like, what do you what do you say to them and to just how to like do we forgive we never forget like how do we deal with it yeah yeah those kinds of things are complicated you know um so do i say give people a pass like no like i don't give passes right right um now do like you know once again as a christian like do i believe in repentance do i believe people can change absolutely i mean that is literally the the foundation of christianity right right um mm-hmm. so i so i do believe that people can change um but when we talk about repentance like repentance means um that you make the mind like so your mind is shifting so i see this thing that is not glorifying to the lord Mm -hmm. i am going to you know put in my mind that that is not glorifying to god and now i'm going to work to move away from that thing right Yeah. yeah so it's not just like i'm sorry i didn't mean it like or oh i'm gonna learn like that's the starting point Right, you sure sure. have to do the work, right? Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of the times when people hear, like, you know, give this person grace, or you know, um, they made a mistake, or things like that, I think people can hear grace and think that that means docile mm. or that means ignore, and that is not what that is not what that means, right? Mm-hmm. So if someone if I if I know someone who, um, particularly like in the case of of the pastor, so it's like somebody who identifies as a Christian, right? Mm-hmm. If he if he does something that is clearly racist, like we could say sinful in general, but in this context, right. racist, racist. And then right. we say he says, no, I'm sorry, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna change. My mind immediately goes to Matthew 18. So Matthew 18 has an entire section that teaches you what to do with sin. Okay. So if he's, if he does something simple, racist, going to go to him, going to bring it to him. He doesn't change or he doesn't listen. Okay. I'm going to bring somebody else with me. Yay. And I'm going to, now we're going to have this conversation. Still doesn't change. Okay. Now we're going to bring it in front of the entire church. Right. Still doesn't change. Well, now he is no longer a member of God's body. He is no longer a member of this church because God's body um, has no place for hatred no place for racism no place for any of those things that is not glorifying to god right um i think like i mean that and that's that's the scriptures you know like even i think i think um people can definitely gloss over this situation galatians 2 paul rebukes peter for being racist (laughs) like paul Peter is showing favoritism to the Jewish people when um when they come around in front of the Gentiles, so like low key like he's hanging out with the Gentiles and the Jewish people come along and he's like oh no I can't sit with y'all no more right? Mm -hmm. Paul's like oh wait a minute like that's not of the Jesus that we serve right like that is not what you were taught Mm -hmm. um so no one is above rebuke no one is above correction and I think if you you know. It's all about the action that follows, right? Like, like right. you make the mind change and then you work. And that doesn't mean that you're not gonna mess up. I'm sure we can all think of things that we've said or done and we're like, oh my gosh, I hope nobody ever find out about that or I wanna take that back, right? right. But it's about growing from that. And it's like, right. let me see your track record. Like, let me see what happens after this point, right? right. Um, yeah. You know, you know the good you ought to do, but do not do, it is sin. So I'ma just let that scripture oh, speak for us. So, right. <laughs> You know, and you bring and you bring up a good point. Like you go to that person and be like, "Hey, you know, I seen this. Like, can we work this out?" Mm-mm. Okay, well, I'm gonna bring myself and a close friend. Like, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on? They see it. You know, you respect me. You respect them. Like, let's have a conversation. Yeah, cool. We gonna bring it in. Yeah, we gonna bring it in for everybody. And honestly, like in my mind, I feel like you know somebody tried to do that for him. Somebody was like, you know, hey, you see this? You might. You, clean up your social media like you're Mm -hmm. like clean up your social media you know now you are you know like the head of all these churches like let's just clean up social media a little bit okay cool then it's just like mm, still see you liking some stuff probably shouldn't like that stuff okay I'm, I'm, i'm gonna cut it out then it's like pastor chris is on blast for all these things and like you know of course like he came back with an apology and he you know said you know this was wrong and um you know god has to strip you to build you back up into a better person which i most definitely feel like i have went through a lot of humbling experiences so i get you know, I get that and it's like not to give him a pass because i feel like black folks are just tired i feel like black folks and this is this is all y'all already know this is all my opinion this is brinks <laughs> um I feel like because of things that have happened in the past, like when the um, the police officer killed her neighbor and said she went into the wrong apartment. Mm-hmm. Somebody was breaking their apartment, but he's sitting on the couch eating ice cream, but that's me here, whatever. But mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. <laughs> At the yeah. trial, like his family was like so um, welcoming and forgiving to the officer. And so black folks was like enraged. I was, I was like upset. I was like, no, 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 no. Like it's enough. Enough is enough. Like we didn't turned enough teachers. We done ran out of cheeks. We didn't say, you know, we forgive you and all that type of stuff Like yeah. done, um, for like some retribution. Like it's time for, okay, you do wrong. You going to pay for this for real this time. Like we're not going to just keep forgiving y'all. But at the same time, I also feel like you have to operate in like grace and give people grace sometimes and give them the space. Yeah. No matter like I guess like how <laughs> how racist yeah. They seem to be and sometimes that happens with you being fired from your pre- position and learning yeah. through another way. Sometimes that means that you lose, you know, some um some congregation members and they have to see the work like you said, like faith our works is dead. So even if I put my faith in you, if you not I'm do I'm sorry. It, say that one more, say that one more time, girl. <laughs> without works is dead. All right. Okay. All right. So it's just like, I'm going to put my faith back in you. I didn't get you my little trust key and you're not doing nothing for me to trust you for real. Like, you're not doing none of the stuff you said. Like, you're not donating to any Black Lives Matter things. You're not helping with any, anything that's going on in the city. You're not bringing more people. Um, you're not diversifying the people that are on your staff to bring folks that are from, to, from the community, that look like the community, that can tell you about the community so you can help the community. Community, yeah. you're not doing none of that stuff, then you then likes is true. But if you start actually doing that stuff, and like, does that mean that people still not gonna be skeptical? People still gonna be skeptical, skeptical yeah. that they've been burned before. So it's like, mm, I don't know. So it's still gonna take time. And honestly, that's with anything, like, that's like, of course, we're talking about. You know racism and colorism in the church right now, but like that's with anything. Like if I do you wrong or you do me wrong, and I tell you sorry, until you see the action, you don't know if I'm sorry for real. Exactly. And then, like, after generations and generations, like oh I'm sorry, you know I didn't mean that right, you know I didn't mean that in a racist way. Like my best friend from high school, my good girlfriend from the second grade, I haven't seen in ten years, <laughs> was black, so you know we yeah. good. Like I love black people, especially the ones that I know. It's just right. like right it's yeah it, yeah like I'm, I'm, I'm a child but you know we have to give people we have to give folks the grace and the opportunity to change but that doesn't mean we yes. get what they have done and it's okay to be like okay I'm just gonna keep keep watching you work and it's kind of just yeah. like watch the action that comes after the words to really yeah. they've made a difference like whole, whole like you said like like, give people the space to change, um, but also hold them accountable, you know, too. Like, like I mean, that's that's with, any, like you said, anything else. We can talk about that with anything else. It's hold people accountable. Let people, like, like give people space, hold them accountable, check in. Like, hey, I don't, you know. And I think, like, I want to say, too, I think, especially as of late, but I think in general, mm-hmm. a lot of this gets conflated with, like, like opinion stuff or like, like, like politics and things like that. And it's like, Oh, like, like, let, let's, be clear. Like I can be friend. I am friends with people who have a completely different, like mm-hmm. worldview. Right. Like they're more conservative. Like they've, you know, voted for the president, like all that stuff. And we are friends right. because they also like, which I know people are like, how? But they also like value my humanity. Mm-hmm. These are people who voted for the president, but have also said black lives matter. Mm-hmm. And these are people who understand that this is a human issue. This is not a political issue. This is not, like we can differ on a lot of things, right? right? But we can't differ on whether or not black people deserve life. Like that's <laughs> not that's that's not something that we can differ on, right? right. Um, so I just wanted to say that, too, because I think that's something that can kind of get misconstrued in there's like, if I say Black Lives Matter, then that means that I don't support this. Or, you know, if I befriend this person and they're conservative and they don't think I'm not serious about the cause, it's like, y'all, we are complex people. We can have different opinions on different things, yeah. but there's some things that we cannot differ on. And I think th- those are the moral issues. And I think, like you said, like with humanity, like as human beings that share this space on this earth, because at the end of the day, it's like the ozone layer continues to get bigger, it's not just gonna be like, oh, well, you know, that's happening over there in like right. the east, or that's happening in the west. Like, nah, we all on this earth, like, we can't really create another one. I'm pretty sure there's somebody in the lab trying to figure out where, like, where is like homestead earth to, but <laughs> <laughs> it's just like as of right now, we're here together. So, and, like, this has just been something that I've been dealing with, with the, with politics, with these two different parties, and I've been saying this for probably, like, last couple of years, just, like, real quiet with my close friends. I'm just like, you know, the Republicans not really for you. Mm-hmm. So let's not get it confused. The Democrats not really for us either. Mm-hmm. They just know how to say it in a nice way that makes you feel included and, like, warm mm-hmm. and feeling on the inside. Yeah. They don't really care either. And so, like you said, it's like a human... Like moral issue because when you look in politics I feel like politics takes those moral issues, takes those things that like tug at our heartstrings and then uses them against us to control how we decide to vote how we decide to think, who we're going to accept, who we're not going to accept and all these things and like you said um, just going back to Christianity and the word for me it's just like for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, he loved the world so who am I not to love the world and try to be inclusive as possible. Now I will be yeah. honest. <laughs> I'm still working on it. Okay. Cause I'm still figure out where me and Cheeto can you, <laughs> you know we can meet on one accord. I'm still, you know, some folks that voted for you know the current president i am be like, you're gonna have to break it down because some of the things that he has said completely goes against all my morals and it's just like The things that he's doing is perpetuating me not living on this earth and my life not mattering, like you said. But if you can see, and I feel like a lot of people had that switch in their mind. Like, they voted for him, you know, the first time. And then as things went along, they was like, oh, he not for me either. Like, he not for me. He don't Mm -hmm. care about me. He's using Mm -hmm. me to get, you know, his political gain or his, um, you know, his statue or whatever. Mm -hmm. statue." Mm And so, like, like you said, with people who voted for him and are now saying Black Lives Matter because they see that these systems are working against each other. But at the end of the day, it's going to be all of us. Like, we're all being affected by this. Yeah. COVID nineteen is affecting all of us. Like systemic yeah. racism, which affects how long certain groups of people live, and our life expectancy affects all of our general health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once I think people start understanding that, and I think people have starting to see, um, starting to see that, of course, um, for a prime example, it's like the crack epidemic versus the opioid epidemic. So now mm-hmm. you see that system of racism, which um, played a huge role in the crack epi- epidemic, has now, filter over to the opioid epidemic and so like Mm -hmm. like, are black people being affected by this yes are latinx people yes are white people Mm -hmm. yes like those proportions might be different but at the end of the day as human beings we're all being affected by it so kind of be like you're a human you might be lighter than me okay well you have olive skin or you have darker skin but at the end of the day we all have hearts that beat we all have eyes that blink we go to sleep we have dreams you know, when we hit our toes, yeah. our toes hurt, like we feel pain, yeah. like regardless of like even who you serve, we are still all humans in this space. So it's like, why is it so hard for people to be like, oh yeah, you know, black lives matter. And I'd be like, but all lives matter. <laughs> like, of course, all lives matter, because right now, from an equitable standpoint, black lives are not mattering as much because killing us. So, <laughs> With that being, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. <laughs> yes. So, yes, so like equity versus equality, sis. Mm. What are yeah, you- yeah? I think I think and it's interesting because this is a conversation that. So, like in sociology, we tend to use them interchangeably because, okay. kind of like and not that cuz and I'll explain they don't mean the same thing but i think at least in my work and just the way that i see the world when i think of an equal world i think of an equitable world right like i don't think uh well so i'll explain so when we think of um kind of like equality that's that's kind of like okay this basic like watered down level that's giving everybody the same thing, right? right? So then equity is kind of making sure that everyone um has enough to be at the same place, right, or have the same opportunities, right? So, um, so let's say there's like an arbitrary this kind of like arbitrary goal of like you know make sure everybody gets to a hundred dollars at some point in their life, right? So let's say. I let let's say you have $75 and I have 25 mm-hmm. And you know, there's this thing where they make sure, like, well, you know, make sure everybody can reach their goal. We wanna be equal. We've been giving O'Brinka ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know, we've been giving her ten dollars every year. So we need to start giving everyone ten dollars. So now Obrinka gets ten dollars and Mia gets ten dollars. Mm-hmm. Well, you started out at seventy-five, so now you're gonna have eighty-five. But now I got thirty-five. So although we're equal, equality, right, in what we're getting, you're yes. still at a different place than me. So you're going to have different opportunities. Exactly. So if that, were, if this arbitrary goal is a hundred dollars, and they say, well, we want to make sure everybody gets there, let's let's make this equitable. Let's have ec- like you know um, equity. Yeah. Oh, Brinka's going to get twenty-five dollars to get to her hundred, but well, Mia started at twenty five, so she's gonna need seventy-five dollars exactly. to get to that hundred. Now they have the same opportunities, right? Um Absolutely, yeah. The thing with that, I think that can be difficult. Um, I think what makes equality and sound more appealing is that it sounds more fair, right? Mm-hmm. So like Everyone gets the same thing. That's what right. Um, But it, and it's easier, but we don't really look at, or we don't have to, because it's also like, you know, we talked about colorblindness. So it prevents you from being able to acknowledge the realities that everybody doesn't start at the same place, right? Because if you start talking equity and you start talking um, making sure everyone has the same chances or the same opportunities or whatever that looks like mm-hmm. well now you're having to acknowledge that everyone hasn't always had the same chances that everyone hasn't had the same starting point point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then what happens is what you mentioned earlier we gotta start acknowledging some stuff exactly. that we ain't acknowledging why haven't they started on the same thing what happened in 16 19 right. <laughs> like, why like why not I'm confused and like When I learned that in school, I was just like, what was equity then? We should have been doing this all this time. Like this is, it literally was like, I read it and I was like, that's common sense. Like, why wouldn't we do equity? And I was like, I like how they use equality and they most definitely, I feel like they got us caught up on it because like you say, it sounds nice. It sounds even, makes everybody feel happy. We're all the same. which is great out here living. And it's just like, if I give you the same textbook, where your textbook is brand new, but then your textbook is missing chapters two through 12. I still gave you a textbook. So y'all still got textbooks. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. It's Mm -hmm. not the same and that's how Generation after generation after generation, yep. inequities just continue to like go up and up and up and up and up, and that's like been one of my biggest things. Is like we gonna talk about helping folks? Like let's help people in an equitable way. Like let's have an equity lens and help people understand this from like an early age to where it's not that. You only giving me $25, so you really taking 50 or 75 away from me because you giving somebody else 75 No, Mm-mm. we're making it a level playing field to where when you be like, oh, well, just pull your bootstraps up and you can do it. Just make sure I have bootstraps. Do I have boots? I said, boots. I like, make sure I got boots. <laughs> <laughs> I got no boots. boots. And look, I, I take it to the extreme all the time. Do I have feet? You don't even know if I have feet, I'm going to use the boots. Can I walk? Am I capable? That's- <laughs> like that is really people don't even think about those things like well i pulled myself up from my bootstraps i'm like who bought you the boots did you go buy your own boots did you inherit boots did somebody gift them to you there's so many different things and that plays into like did your parents own land Did some? did you inherit land did someone you know give you land all these things and like that's when my biggest thing is like what's the difference between equity and equality and like do we understand it as a concept as people living yeah. in a community that have rights to vote and do all these things. Like, do we even get what that means? Because when I'm looking at these presidential candidates, like, how are you going to assist my community? I'm not being selfish by bringing up the Black community because I am a Black woman. I really, I want to know how you're going to address women and Black people and Black women. Because we have all these intersectionalities, like you mentioned in the beginning, so many differences, so many things that make us different. And... We just can't, you know, we can't leave those things out. So it's like if I'm speaking to you as a black trans person, I need you to speak to me as if you were talking to a black trans person and what you are going to do for black trans people. I don't need you to yeah. tell me, oh, we're gonna do all these things for the American people and we're gonna make sure that they get that. That's not what I asked you. What <laughs> for black trans people. If you really right. want to know, what are you doing for me? So it's like yeah. if black lives matter doesn't ring in your mind and you get that this is an equitable statement because other lives are mattering and these are not then we we need to have you know a further conversation so yeah. um that was really good yeah. I was happy to talk to talk about that with you so sociology has been oh. like, on my mind honey i'm trying yes, get, in a phd PA- yeah, i think if you're really talking if you're really talking making things equitable i mean now you're talking about reparations and we see that people have not been ready for that conversation Not ready, for right it. like luckily it's it's coming up on the forefront right I, I think we're at a place where people are finally starting to take it a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. absolutely um, you know will we see that in our lifetime i don't know but it's really, want, yeah it's kind of like i feel like it's gone on so long like if you would have did right in the beginning when you said 40 acres and a Mule then it would have been a little bit more tangible. But now I'm like, so you're gonna forget these two loans. Cause that's reparations to me. What she I mean, <laughs> what yeah. You, what you doing? It's totally it's totally different. I mean like one of my friends brought up, which like 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 one of my friends brought up, um like one of my one of my uh, white colleagues, she was talking and she was like, you know, if we really want to talk about reparations, let's not talk monetary. Let's talk about like Allowing like certain votes uh, from certain communities to count more than others, Mm -hmm. and she was like, "Oh, you're a black person. Like your one vote counts for three, And she, you know, and obviously, like that would probably never Mm happen. But it's this idea of like, let's be creative and think outside. Because I don't think I mean, like, yeah, money is cool, but it's like beyond money, right? Like, like we have to figure out how money is not even as big as as it used to be like you said, we got to think bigger outside of the box. Like, what does this look like for education? What does this look like for entrepreneurship? Even like your friend said, for votes. That makes sense. I mean, you know. (laughs) I like it. it. I I take it. It's like, and then people, I think people that have like radical ideas get like this bad rap, but it was just like when Paul Revere decided to throw tea in the Boston (laughs) (laughs) podcast was a radical idea, okay? Yeah. Yeah we just picked up oh we're gonna burn things we're gonna lose we're gonna trash stuff like we didn't pick that stuff out on our own like this is this is true american history if the complete story was told so um absolutely i love the idea of thinking of outside of the box different ways to yeah. uh, reparations because like you said i mean it's you can most definitely tell in COVID, people got to go back to work because the economy is not gonna be able to support all these people that's point blank period it's just yes. not work people not getting approved for unemployment because everybody it's not enough money for everybody no. Mm-mm. and that let me ugh, that, that is just that is just a lot well, I yes. loved hearing, um, hearing you talk about sociology look as some people say at work we're gonna have to talk offline about sociology <laughs> I am trying to get in a PhD sociology program because I feel like that's, yes, that's what I need I just Whenever I hear sociologists talk, I'm just like, I get that. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes so much sense. I want to add to that. That's a- you are like one of the very few people that hear sociologists talk and are like, I get that. <laughs> Could we just be talking, girl? We don't know. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm just. I'm like, uh huh. And then I'm over there taking notes. I'm like, okay. And, she's like, right. and then you say, mm-hmm. And then That's a good, that's a good example. <laughs> you are so funny. It's so good. So, you know, today is Monday for everybody. When you get this, this will be Wednesday. So it'll be a couple of days later. But, you know, this... Social media has blown up Juneteenth, so like let's not say that Juneteenth has never existed because it has been out forever. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Has. But um, this year I guess with every with us not having all these different distractions, like we didn't get a basketball final, like we probably not gonna get a football season, which I ain't really pressed. And I am really glad that these Black athletes and allies are coming together and saying no, like this is this is important right now. Like what's important is to make sure that we all are okay and that we all have a voice and we're all being treated equitably. And that, you know, people that need to be educated are being educated. People that have not been receiving assistance in the past are receiving that. And most importantly, people that deserve justice are receiving justice. Like, let's not forget about um, Ahmaud Aubrey, George Floyd, and Breonna Taylor. And, like, firing is nice, but, like, I need to see prosecutions. I need- Yeah, that's the start. Like, that's just the start, because yeah. if I don't mean that you don't have a million dollar GoFundMe, just waiting on you over here, like, we still love you, you was wrong, but we love like, right. you. Right, right. Or be able to go to the next county and get another job. Like, Dude. you know. Okay, like, George didn't remember Pop Bottles in Florida, wherever he is now, but like... Oh, no. Mm-mm. Still Girl, little- we don't even say that name. <laughs> uh-uh. We gonna believe in that. <laughs> like Baltimore like Voldemort. Uh uh-uh. right. uh name girl. <laughs> We're gonna bleep it out at post. <laughs> but like how was your Juneteenth? Um, like what did you do? Did you celebrate? Yeah. Especially you know, with our COVID 19 celebrations. <laughs> yes, girl. It was good, you know, me and my husband we just made some wings and um just real black, you know, like we <laughs> we listened to music and um honestly like we've just been finding ways to enjoy the little things. So that was, you know, with the pandemic and stuff going on, like that was really, um, what we did. Like we just hung out, we ate wings. We, you know, he had to work that day. Mm. It's not a national holiday, but so then, you know, after he came home, um, yeah, we just, we just chilled. Um, and we, I mean, yeah, we definitely celebrate cause it's, you know, that's our, that's yeah. our independent thing, right. Right? right, um, free, you know, when they say, free-ish, free-ish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's what we did, um, yeah, what did you guys do? So, I had to work, um, I did not plan my hours out accordingly, <laughs> because any other time, I would have most definitely took off, Mm-hmm. um well, i did not plan my hours accordingly but i was like you know i'm gonna be productive i'm gonna feed back into my team so my team um is a minority team of people of color Latinx, and black so i was like you know we're gonna have a good chat i just want to make sure that they're doing okay because if they're doing okay i'm doing a little bit better than what i'm doing yeah. just to make sure um that they're uplifted and i posted a whole bunch of posts on social media i was like you know it's time out for people to say oh i didn't know i'm not educated about this like here's links this is what it is, this is what it isn't, this is actually what happened. Like, mm-hmm. Lincoln was cool, but he went out here just trying to flee free slaves just because it was a good thing to do. Like, that was a war right. tactic, okay? Let's right. just be <laughs> Right, right. So no more revisionist history. Let's, good. you know, good. let's tell the truth about it, and that's okay. Honest. And <laughs> And then, like, I even find, like, some white people who have said I've, like, known and who've said on social media, it's just, like, it's a disservice to us because we don't know our history either. Like, we weren't told the complete story. So, oh, we don't yeah. all of it, too. Um, but I enjoy Juneteenth. I've always, in the last couple of years, I've, like, um what is the word I'm trying to like, I've always like created a space for it, but this year I like celebrated like for real, for real. So like just doing everything black, like I'm listening to black music all day at work. Yes. I I know I probably spent about $200 um, in black businesses. Like I bought some waste beads. I bought some black books, um, books yes. by black authors <laughs> and I bought something else, but I cannot remember what i bought and so it's just gonna show up in the house and i'm gonna be like yeah Yeah, that's fun but um saturday i went to a drum circles and my fiance is a part of a drum uh, drumming group and so we went to this drum circle and it was just amazing. And then um, they had a lot of different vendors out there. So you got black businesses out here promoting their business, black people buying from each other, and just like really putting back into our own community. Because I feel like mm-hmm. our sp- our buying dollar, our spending dollar is huge. Once I think black people are now starting to see like how huge it is and how strong it is. Because I was gonna be real petty, but like the Lord was like, you just need to keep driving. But I was so, um, to the handles on, on university they got shut down i was like see this is buying power okay like, mm-hmm. this is what your buying power can do mm. but i'm just telling y'all that handles getting a whole new owner is your buying power and your worth in this community okay mm-hmm. in this capitalist society okay mm-hmm. anyway, so just know your worth and know what That's your work can actually do and um in 2020 but yeah like you said it was a lot of fun tried to social distance as much as possible um i had made a post like later on that day i was like i hope y'all enjoy y'all Juneteenth. team go put your mask on because it's folks right. to- <laughs> get it from around <laughs> your neck like, put it on your like, mask, put it around your neck or something like put your mask on and then it was yeah it was a lot of fun. I got to spend time with family and just seeing other black folks, happy seeing little kids playing. It was just really good just to be around that. But I um, I didn't get the drink. So apparently you're supposed to drink like something red, or eat something red on Juneteenth. Like that's one of the uh, foods because it um, brings awareness to the blood that was shed for freedom. So I didn't get to drink anything like red specifically, but I had like raspberry lemonade. So it was close. That's, yeah, that's like in there. That's in and we had hot wings. See, so yeah. see that's perfect. <laughs> see y'all on one accord. Look at that. <laughs> we all on one accord. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. I just want to say I appreciate you. <laughs> we had all the technical difficulties today. The devil was busy. It has been busy. A Monday, Monday, but we look, we persevered, and this is that resilience that Black folks talk about that we have because we didn't made it to the end of this episode we made it we made it we made it it. i just want to thank you again for coming on and sharing your amazing words Uh, thank you for having me you are welcome we will most definitely have you back on because i have more things i want to pick your brain (laughs) <laughs> yes. to, share to um any new blog posts that you have but go ahead and let the people know how they can find your blog post anything else that you might share on social media yeah so you can find me on instagram at mia m-i-a underscore janae j-a-h-n-a uh in my website where i try to post blogs um weekly is Mia, M I A hyphen, Brantley, that's B R A N T L E Y dot com. Um, and I just want to share a quick quote because oh, get I make it is so important. I love For black all- people, that. you know. Um, but Audre Lorde said caring for myself is not self indulgence, it is self preservation, and that is an act of political warfare. Mm. I feel like right now Black people feel like they got to do everything and they got to carry everybody on their back and you know I just tell people find your role whatever it is even if your role is staying healthy and staying alive that is not you taking a break Mm. or being lazy that is in a in a in a world and in a space that was not designed for your joy um, and your rest, you taking, you taking that, uh, is an, is an act of resistance within itself. So just everybody stay, you know, stay good, stay blessed. (laughs) And you know, like Kendrick Lamar said, we're going to be all right. We're going to be up. Let me tell you something. That just blessed me. Y'all, when I tell you, I love, I love, love, love quotes, especially quotes that of course resonate with what's going on. Like just speak so much with such few words, but just have so much That was everything, Mia. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and I thank you and I see you, girl, and you are out here getting it and like you said, make sure that you are getting your rest, that you are protecting your peace and that you are staying healthy out here in these streets, okay? Mm -hmm. But I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Sit Down with Brinks Um, Like I said, this episode will be airing shortly, so you'll be hearing it soon to your SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, um, Apple Music, all the platforms where you can stream. You will be able to find the Sit Down with Brinks podcast. Um, Make sure that you like, share, subscribe, and comment. Tell your friends about me. If you're looking for something to just kind of de-stress and just hear some amazing people talk about their experiences and giving you some solutions to your everyday um, struggles and issues, make sure to tune in into the sit-down break. So, thank y'all, and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace.